It's been a long sabbatical since the Super Bowl party and draft uh, at uh, Caesars Southern Indiana when we last gathered at the KFFSC. Podcast had been running through um, with Eric Bachman at uh, the FFPC, and we have now found a schedule that will return us to our KFFSC airways and talk none other to none other than uh, our beloved and famous trophy husband, Robbie Fetcher, joins me for the first in a series of summer podcasts from the KFFSC. How are you, brother? Ready to draft, ready to talk fantasy <laughs> football. It's it's June, late June. I mean, it's time to get rolling, Farrell. It is. You know, you've been drafting all spring, and you've uh, really enjoyed it, and, and as well as I have. And you look at, at the uh, sheets of players, and you see some names that you're very, very strongly committed to. And then there's a great deal of questions still to be answered. So no matter how much you draft, as you go into this, you're always searching for some some new ways to one-up the competition. And, and, you know, the competition that's been drafting the spring fetch has been pretty strong. Been very strong. And, you know, early on, we always, uh, especially in the spring leagues, we're so excited about the rookies. And, you know, the draft happens in um, late April, early May now. So we're focused on that. But there's also kind of been a change in the NFL over the last 10 years where uh, trading and free agencies become even larger portion of the game. GMs are, are making moves because there's such a win now mentality. You take the Bengals who had just, you know, struggled, struggled, got Joe Burrow. He gets hurt. Boom. They're in the Super Bowl, And, you know, everybody wants to catch that fire. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I agree with you. It's uh, coaching techniques, skill sets, availability to the players, one of the things that the new CBA has provided is an insight that you do not have to have players in a training camp for six weeks to teach them. You know, and the more you got indoctrinated with the player, the more you said, I cannot let this player go. He knows my system. And now that football has become teaching and interchangeable, you know, fetch this month, uh, as we turn into July, they will have the tight end university, uh, down in Nashville, I called the organizers of that to try to get a young guy involved in it. And they told me, they said, Farrell, we'll put him down for next year. We have 134 tight ends coming to our Nashville event. Players are taking it on themselves to learn what's going on around the league. And I think that makes for a, I think that kind of thing makes for a better league. You know, a position that has always been a relatively easy to transfer between teams is the skill set of wide receiver. It's very, very important fetch in our league where you start three wide receivers. That's a, that is a, a law of our uh, legal lineup. Uh, ten of your players, three of them must be wide receivers. We've got a lot of wide receivers moving. Why don't we base the show a little bit on these guys? I think it gives us a lot to talk to about what they change at their organizations, what they do with the other positions on their teams. And I think we can agree that the number one acquisition in all of football was the Los, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders who added Devontae Adams. Yeah. Also along with a new coach, uh, Josh McDaniels, 
Uh, Derek Carr has to be thinking everyone out there what has happened to his offense. He's like, finally, somebody believes in me and giving me what I need to to really, you know, come off this playoff uh, wild card uh, appearance and, and try to push forward in what arguably the best division in the league. It is. And you take the Raiders situation, what we mean in fantasy football, what we need in fantasy football is the aspect of scoring points. And, and um, you know, Carr was in the top five in quarterback yardage last year. Now you add some uh, another season, a new coach and the opportunity of all his players to jail around a superstar like Adams. So Adams is the number one. We think that does the most for Carr. We think it it solidifies Waller where he does not have to carry the load. What I've noticed in the drafts, this improved passing attack, you improve your passing game, uh, your rushing game should follow suit. If one gets better, the other uh, gets less attention from defensive coordinators around the league. But man, Josh Jacobs is dropping like a rock now down to fifth round, maybe sixth uh, in some of the latest KFFSC drafts. Uh, Jacob's attractive to you in that range. He's definitely attracted, attractive to me. I, I think Josh Jacobs is a great all around player. I, the concern is not the offense here. The concern is the bill belly check in style that may be coming mm. here where we rotate and every running back has a role, and I'm going to use all three to four of my running backs. I'm going to have mm-hmm. a goal line running back. I'm going to have a first and second down running back. I'm going to have a third down running back. I think that is the fear, but I think, again, down in the red zone, they're going to get down there. Everybody's going to be worried about Adams and Waller. I think Jacobs could have a great touchdown season, which makes him great value in the fantasy football world. Hunter Renfro has retained his value, and I think that's smart from our drafters and looking at this player and understanding that what is opened up to him underneath with these other receivers um, that that are going to be in the oper- uh, that are going to be in the passing attack. You know, so it, it, what they bring to the field um, to be to be competitive within the division, and they'll have six of those games. Uh, to be competitive, they're going to have to put it in the air and score some points. In the same division, Tyreek Hill le- leaves, heads down to Miami. Initially, we saw Hill drop into the late second round in, in early drafts, and I thought that was too far. Uh, I'm high on Hill, Fetch. Are you? I am not. not What's that- up, Fetch? Well, you don't like Tyreek Hill just because he left your coach? Just because just, just he, he leaves your uh, anointed uh, savior of Kansas City football, you don't you don't think he can thrive down in Miami? What made Tyreek great is not only his ability in the short passing game, which he will still be you know, very good at, because that that is a strength mm-hmm. too is is his accuracy. But to me, the deep game is going to be gone. He can be ten yards behind a guy, and if Tua can't get him to get the ball to him, you're not going to have those big plays. We talk about. Uh, Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer. But Derek Carr already has a relationship with Adams. I don't think the drop-off in quarterback. There's a huge, to me, this is like going from a top two quarterback to a very top, uh, bottom ten quarterback. And really? Fetch. So you're not buying the you're not buying the Tyreek Hill's responses that he loves the way Tua throws the ball, that Tua has fantastic arm strength. You don't think he can no, deliver I, I, the ball? 
I think that is all you know, hype trying to make sure everybody thinks everything's okay there. I no, uh-huh. I mean, Tua just has not proven in the time that he's been there. Now, he, he could change my mind, he could show it, but it again, that won't affect my draft strategy to next year because I need to see it and I have not seen it from Tua. Want to see it first. You'll be passing on Hill until when? Uh, it would be, I would take him late second round, but it's, it's, okay. I would want to, I'd want to go with with someone like McCaffrey or Jonathan Taylor I, uh-huh. I would you know team those two up if I if I was early in running the back round. running back out of the box early everyone you heard it right here no I said I would put Tyreek Hill with him I, obviously I, I didn't I didn't yeah what I heard who, is that you're going to put him with McCaffrey you know it's, who, uh, who, who it's, else is going to uh, he's not going to be there Fitch. He's well I know there. and I won't get him I understand him he's not Obviously, Jonathan Taylor and McCaffrey are going in the top five. Obviously, yeah. Hey, okay, you want to talk about McCaffrey? Let's go ahead and talk about it because we're not really going to be talking about a whole lot of receiver assets in Carolina. So, where do you think the guys will come to the table with McCaffrey and they'll sit there with the intention of not taking him? And he drops. Where where do you pull the trigger on McCaffrey? Where do you say, oh, I just can't stand it any longer. I don't want him. I really don't want to live at the risk. But here he is. I never expect him to be at the spot. Uh, I think I've seen a little of that in our, in our early drafts. Whoa, where do you uh, where do you picture McCaffrey as your guy in the first round? Yeah, I will take McCaffrey as high as three or four. I, I okay. I, I am fine with McCaffrey. The injury thing I know has been a problem, and I and and what you're talking about is people that have drafted him. You burn mm-hmm. me once, yeah. You, you burn, burn me twice. twice. <laughs> I'm done. And there's a lot of people like that, but I don't think you can let him drop below six or seven. If people are doing um, that, you know, if he gets into the late first round and people are able to tie, you know, tie him with a high end wide receiver one and they there's going to be some divisions that guys get get gifts and and they're going to do well because you just cannot predict predicting injuries that's it's Mm -hmm. just something i don't want to get involved in unless there's you know something that's really there that's happened every the same thing well there you go i think you just described mccaffrey and it is a conundrum but i think you're right fed if you're sitting there in the fifth sixth uh, spot and you didn't pay much for your draft position in our draft auction, and you're sitting down and you say, okay, these other guys have spent uh, capital from their fab budget on a draft spot. I haven't spent much. McCaffrey's available. If he does get hurt, I won't replace a first-round running back, but I'll go out. I have more money to get the next free agent running back. It's a thought and it's a strategy. Let's stay at Kansas City. You think that Hill has been compromised by the lack of Mahomes, so what does that do for Juju Smith-Schuster and, to a lesser degree, Marquez Valdez-Scantling as they play their first year in Kansas City? You know, I think Juju has very high upside this year. I, mm-hmm. they, need, they need a good wide receiver there. He's still so young. I mean, people forget how young he came into this league. Um, he's going yes. to get great coaching. Um, I've always been high on Pittsburgh receivers, whether they're in Pittsburgh or especially when they go away, Pittsburgh does a great job in the draft process of Mm -hmm. identifying very skilled 
uh, wide receivers. They just just have. You can go back. You know, Mike Wallace, uh, you know, obviously Antonio Brown, all these guys that that, that are great, along with Juju, uh, your boy from Notre Dame who's been on the uh, – Mr. Claypool. Yeah, Mr. Claypool. You will refer to him henceforth as Mr. Claypool, Fetch. We really won't have But, but I mean, they identify. So that tells me it's that tells me has talent. Boy from Notre Dame. So <laughs> well, the, uh, well uh, what does it tell you? It tells you what, Fetch? It tells me he has talent. Now I'm going to pair him with, with a great offensive mind in Andy Reid with talent. There you go. Mahomes. There you go. Eight minutes. So, so, so I think, yes, that very much high upside. I don't think Emma. Marquez Valdez Scantling has, you know, he's going to be a one trick pony. He's going to be a, a deep flyer that they use. I don't see him really? using him in the whole passing game like they'll use Juju. Oh, well, okay. We'll see about that. But yes, yeah, sure, yeah, I think is compared to Schuster, Schuster gets the looks and gets the targets. I also think he leaves a very strong football culture into a very, uh, treasured football culture in Kansas City that is a little bit more laid back. It might be a, a, a little bit more fostering for a, for a guy like Smith-Schuster. You're right. We forget that uh, Smith-Schuster is still a very young player in this league. Um, Cooper, Amari Cooper. This is, you know, I was watching uh, some NFL uh, network fetch. I don't know, you know, since Good Morning Football jettisoned uh, Kay Adams away, uh, the, the NFL Network is just replaying games. I, I, you know, it is the worst decision ever made. Uh, I don't know who made it, but uh, uh, NFL Network, uh, all they have to, to offer us now is replay since Kay has left. So we watching a replay, and I see Cooper as a Raider. And then I see Cooper as a Cowboy. And I see great contributions. It's hard to believe he's in his third location now. Third time charm for Cooper. That I missed the bit. Amari Cooper is a great route runner, not not a good uh-huh. route, a great route runner. And he's always open. He always makes plays. I mean, Cleveland. The whole mystery is who's going to be throwing in the ball. I mean, okay, we just well, as right now, shoot. don't we think it's going to be Jacoby Brissett? Yes, no, I, I do. Okay. All right, so now if you think about Cooper, the great route runner who's always going to be where he you expect him to be and he can get he can release from the best corners in the business. Uh, don't you think that plays into Brissett's skill set? That's what he needs in a receiver is somebody that's going to technically run routes because Brissett will look at that first option and deliver the ball. Do you feel good about it, Fetch, based on where Cooper's going? I mean, it's late five, early six. Is that where, Coop, where Cooper's going, yes. I What I would do if I was a fantasy guy with Amari Cooper, I, I would be looking at him in keeper leagues because I still think he mm-hmm. has some good years, and I think you could get some real value trading for him, doing something like that. Because once Watson gets there, uh, it, I think it could be a dynamic duo. Right. Um, and who knows who knows when that is? So I see yeah, what you're saying. Where, where, whereas this year with Brissett, you know, you know, I'm a Colts fan. I had to endure the Brissett year where guys were open and he just wouldn't pull the trigger. He'd pull it down and run. He just has this habit of if it's not wide open, 
I pull it and run. And, you know, Fetch, I appreciate that commentary. And, you know, I have noted here on the show log that the nine minute mark, you uh, uh, you expressed your love for Andy Reid. And then at the 14 minute mark, you reminded everyone you're a Colts fan. But you know what? Can I draft Quentin Nelson in the first round? Can I draft Quentin Nelson? Yeah, you can do whatever you want, sir. He's not a, he's not a, he will not find a spot in a legal lineup, but you can do whatever you want. And I, I, you know, as our good pal J.R. Fenton says, fantasy football is hard. And, you know, that, that uh, finding out where if if you're in that fifth and sixth round and Amari Cooper's there, you've got some hard decisions to make. I, I just I just love watching these drafts live. In fact, we're going to be live. We're going to be live uh, August 21st in Cincinnati since he's beginning to fill. We're going to be uh, the 26th through the 28th at uh, Caesars, Southern Indiana. Um, leagues are filling up pretty good. I noticed that uh, you've not only uh, taken a good, uh, a, a good part of uh, – Sunday and Saturday. You're also drafting a little bit on Friday. You're manning up to run one of the auction leagues on Saturday morning. We appreciate that so much. And you've done a good job recruiting. Your old uh, your old pal, Big Boy, has taken all the notes from talking to you, and he's going to be joining us as well as uh, as uh, Brendan. So uh, I think you've got a. I think you've done a great job with uh, with spreading the word for the KFFSC. We'll, we'll tell everybody to be like Fetch. Well, the, the big thing is here, I got to say it right now, if Friday night midnight madness needs to sell out soon, uh, FPI will be there. They know I'll beat them in the midnight. They might beat me everywhere else, but at midnight yes. madness, I, I'm, I'm more, I, I'm up with my kids. I'm well aware those guys are getting tired. I know Friday night, that late at night. So if you want to have a good time on Friday night, get in the midnight madness, me and FPI, uh, Pete you are you are we'll, we'll, you we'll, are uh, we'll be throwing down the gauntlet, Fetch. You are you are somebody uh, there. We'll have to be talk about the cross talk. We'll have to try to keep us under control. I uh, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna have to stay and facilitate that one. It'll be the first time that I've done a midnight madness, but I'll have to see this Petra and Larson in battle with Fetch at their uh, at their invitational, the midnight madness uh, main event draft uh, Friday night. You you guys are. You guys are killing me, but it sure is a whole lot of fun. It's a great way to go. It is a great way to go. Fetch, let's go down to Tennessee. Um, Robert Woods has found a new home in Tennessee. And in a recent FFPC draft, I was able to grab him in the 10th round. He'll go higher in Kentucky because of our rules. How much higher? And what are your expectations? Because with the vacated A.J. Brown, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, Robert Woods looks like the number one target in the Titans uniform, does he not? He ha- he does. And uh, I think you get him in the seventh round in the KFFC, you're doing great. I, I think Tennessee will throw the ball more. Um, you got Derrick Henry coming back from that foot injury. I know he got back for the playoffs, but – they, they want to. They put a lot of wear and tear on Derek over the last couple of years. Um, with AJ Brown gone, there's that target uh, vapor. You know, somebody's got to fill it. And I think Woods is a great professional receiver that uh, Tannehill's going to look to and uh, could, could put up big numbers there. Sure-handed receiver that gets open and makes the tough catches. And I think you know he is a little more physical, maybe a lot more physical than people really give him credit for. I, I think. Uh, 
plane uh, in Los Angeles, uh, there was a lot of stars out there that deflected some of the shine that Woods has brought to that team. Now in Los Angeles, perhaps taking the place of Woods, one Allen Robinson. What what do you have to say about that, Fetch? I think Allen Robinson could be the steal of our drafts. I, mm. I, I did not get him enough in the spring. Uh, very upsetting to me. Every time he would go, I was like, mm, I needed him there. I should have got him one more. <laughs> because going to that offense, I, it's the best quarterback uh, he's ever going to play with. I mean, the guys played with Blake Bortles, been in Chicago, which is quarterback. I mean, you know, Jim McMahon's the greatest of all time in Chicago, right? I mean, always they, will be. That they yeah. just don't have great quarterback play in Chicago. Now he's going to Matt Stafford. He, he's going to this uh, Super Bowl winning team who, who's got Cup that just put up huge numbers. So you know that's what everybody is trying to figure out this summer. How do we stop Cooper Cup? And Allen Robinson's going to be out there, and they're just going to be balls galore for him. This big physical guy. I mean, I think he's healthy again. Uh, he could put up huge numbers. I think of all the guys moving around, he could uh, really overdo mm-hmm. his projections, really he's pass your, his projections. He's your breakout guy. If people don't agree with that, it's likely that they will be throwing their hat in the ring with another wide receiver on the move. It had to sadden many of the Tennessee Titan fans to see that A.J. Brown has taken his act to the Philadelphia Eagles, getting a quarterback that uh, tries to change the narrative throughout the league that he is a a running quarterback first, a dual-threat quarterback who runs first. Now with A.J. Brown, what do you see for Brown, and what do you see for the quarterback? The Philadelphia backfield remains a mystery. Goddard is the one tight end, but, man, A.J. Brown – in the NFC East fetch against those defenses, it's it's probably one of the most intriguing matchups that I'm looking forward to seeing. Very intriguing. You know, when we did our Super Bowl drafts, everybody assumed he was still in Tennessee and he was a true mm-hmm. second round pick. Uh, now that he's moved to Philly, everybody, it's a little up and down. Is he going to be that elite guy? Is he not? I don't love Hurts. I, I never have. I know other people. You know, putting in their top twelve quarterbacks, I, I don't love his game. I think he'll have a good year, not a great. I, I, I will probably stay away from him just because of where you'll have to draft him. He is a big body guy, so that fills into their their tight end mentality. I mean, he he looks almost like another tight end, as big and yes. physical as he is. Uh, but you got Goddard there. I guess Philadelphia finally decided we have no idea how to evaluate college receivers and cannot draft them with just a plethora of mistakes they made. We'll let somebody else draft them, then go trade for them. So you know uh, how he is, how he's figuring it out on the job up there, and uh, much to good uh, commentary from people that had previously sort of detracted his skill set as a general manager. Eagles, uh, Eagle fans are interested. I think fantasy football fans. Should be interested too. Does AJ Brown lose draft capital? I think so. I mean, you you've got the the young receiver um, that that already has a little connection with with uh, Hertz from Alabama. Why can I not? My my names today. I, I I don't know what's going on. Names are out of my head today. Hey, it's morning fetch. We're better at night. We my unusual. We're, we're better at night. And uh, my lovely mother. Uh, 
just joined the podcast too. She just, you know, heard all the heard all the noise and decided she wanted to be part of it. So, you know, here we here we are. So, uh, <laughs> and then the muddled the muddled backfield in Philadelphia. You don't know if Miles Sanders or Boston Scott's going to get the ball. So, and maybe a Jordan. Just we got to talk about Justin McCord. Justin McCord's favorite fantasy football player, Jordan Howard. Uh, <laughs> Will he be in that backfield again? Who knows with the Philadelphia backfield? When I move, you move, Justin McCord, our 2011 champ. Uh, you know, it's been more than a decade since Justin won this thing. He's probably going to get busy and do it again. Although he had a mighty fine year last year. Bet whoever wins the league this year will be cashing in. On a $25,000 prize, our 20th anniversary present to ourselves, a $25,000 winning prize to the KFFSC champion. Uh, And the FFPC bid uh, stays intact for the first five finishers. Um, How many times do you think that you are going to question uh, what happens, what will happen, uh, down at Tampa Bay. Now, uh, you know, when we do a podcast fetch and we're asked opinions on players and sometimes to just stir it up a little bit, and it's always from a, a point of uh, genuine feeling and, and impressions about a player, we'll, tell, we'll talk about that player. And when, I, when I'm finished, especially if I'm hard on a player, which I have been on the next guy I want to talk about, I go back and look for something of where I was wrong. I, I, I don't think, you know, I think every player in the NFL can deliver on the proverbial any given Sunday. And I surely am not the final word on what's going to happen with a, with a ball player and what we should do with fantasy football. But I have my opinions, and when I have a strong one, I want to back it up and validate it. Russell Gage was a player that I was not impressed with early on in Atlanta. And then I realized through all the changes and all the issues with the Atlanta's offense, Russell Gage caught 72 passes one year. I said, you know what? You got to have something. You got to bring something into this league to catch that volume, especially when there's a lot of chaos around you. So I got into the situation. I started looking at this player and it, it, it didn't hit me like a bolt of lightning, but I began to have a gradual respect for this player. Uh, <laughs> the respect is around the league. And now uh, he had his options in free agency and he ends up with Tampa Bay. Then he further, ends up into a situation with uh, the retirement of Gronkowski, however long it lasts, the healing of Godwin, and the understanding that he joins the quarterback who led all the NFL in yardage last year, Russell Gage. Is he the steal of the draft? This is a very interesting concept in game theory, I think, what you're going to do with Russell Gage. Obviously, you're going to get good value on him. My concern with having Russell Gage in my lineup or what if I come too dependent on him early in the year, he is going to come off gangbusters. He is a veteran guy. We know Tom Brady loves veteran receivers. He, yes. he has problems with young. He doesn't trust them, whatever. Russell Gage, so why we while we wait on Godwin to get back, while we wait to see if, you know, Gronk's going to unretire, unretire, there's going to be a ton of targets there. Yep. My question is, what happens when it comes to KFSC playoff time? 
where is he in the pecking order at that point because of Godwin coming back, because of um, Gronk maybe being in the mix? So I, I, obviously there's great value. He is going to do well. I wonder if it's going to curtail late in the season as options open up. I, I just want to tell you, the guy in Tampa, I'm looking for a huge year from. And this is not, I think playoff Lenny, Lenny Fournette is going to have a huge year. Huge. Well, you know, and drafters, drafters are cued into that fetch. He is blowing up. If you would have thought back when here's a player that's being cut from the Jacksonville Jaguars, now two years later, it's very, very short, two years later, second round pick in our KFFSC drafts. It's fantastic. Let's talk about an old pal of yours, a guy that you've constantly been in favor of, a guy that I always have seen on your rosters since I uh, – back in the day when uh, uh, the trophy husband was just getting his start in the KFFSC and then having those glory years that you're famous for, Fetch, Jarvis Landry, an opportunity that I really believe here at the end of his career may be – perfect way for him to make the swan song and go out as one of the most uh, valuable receivers over 30 years old in the NFL. Jarvis Landry in New Orleans, are you as high on him as I am? Yeah, all he does is catch balls. I mean, that's yeah. all he does. I mean, he catch a ton of balls. He's in a better situation than he was, um, even though the quarterback situation is not great in New Orleans. Wait a minute. You're talking about Jameis Winston last year before he was hurt, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. What do you? Those are great numbers, Fetch. What are you talking about? Well, those are good numbers. But no, I, those are great numbers, Fetch. Good. It's good. Better, They're great it's a numbers. a better situation than he was with Baker. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, it's just not a top half of the league type situation. Kamara not being there for at least the first six games. That's what everyone thinks. And I think everyone is right, unless it might go even more. Right. With, with, with the suspension from the New York or Las Vegas uh, encounter. No, I think Jar- Jarvis Landry is that perfect veteran receiver. He, he's going to get you a ton of catches. You want him on your roster as your flex third wide receiver option every yeah no but but how how high will you go for him because you know when you're at the table now that with landry is available in the seventh eighth round you're going to draft him every league but here's the problem yeah the guy i thought you were getting ready to mention is in a new place i would take above jarvis Mm -hmm. because even though i think jarvis will have a more consistent year than this guy I think Sammy Watkins could have a bigger upside. Oh my goodness, Justin McCord just fell. You know, and uh, and, and it, Justin McCord now just had a heart attack. Uh, uh, Kevin Williamson realizes that we've opened the bar too early in the morning. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson just ran the truck off the road. What in the world, Sammy Watkins? He was down here at the bottom of the list. I have a note next to Sammy Watkins' name. But, but if the show goes two hours, we can talk about Sammy Watkins. And you bring up Sammy Watkins now. What makes you think, Fetch? He's he's going to Aaron Rodgers. He's uh-huh. going to a guy who needs a receiver, a veteran receiver that he can trust, who mm-hmm. has talent. And I, I think Sammy could be great in Green Bay. Great. Mm-hmm. You just couldn't stand it to you. You had, you had to get Sammy Watkins 
into the conversation. We got Landry my, in early. And then only, so you had to bring in Sammy Watkins. My only fear is that every draft I'm in, everybody's going to know that. So they're going to try to snipe Sammy. The, the okay. fetch, they'll, they'll wait for you. They'll gleefully wait for you to make this mistake would be my expectation <laughs> in this. I don't think anybody, they'll, they'll wait for it and then celebrate it when you call Sammy. Hey, I like Sammy in the best ball fetch. You try to figure out when to start him. I think you've got uh, much, much better choices. And, you know, you can't make a better choice um, than to come live with us this year, Fetch. It, it, we got a lot of new players coming in, uh, guys that have wanted to come for years. Despite all the travel issues across the country, despite the gas prices, despite all the obligations that people seem to have at the end of August getting kids back to school, I think we've got a really good group coming. But the core of this draft and the core of the KFFSC has always been guys like you, Fetch, guys that have been around for a long, long time, making it go and having a great welcoming party uh, for the people that do arrive. I appreciate you and I appreciate all of our our listeners within the KFFSC family that are making their big plans. Uh, heard from Ronnie Shirley this week. Ronnie, uh, I think when I got finished, it was counting six or seven teams, and I talked him to an, into another one or two. Uh, the, uh, it, you know, Mike Mattingly uh, is, uh, is back in action, has been drafting uh, very aggressively this spring, as has Bullet Bob Hogan. Uh, Stacy Perez has been drafting and it will be joining us again this year, especially now considering that hockey season only has for her Tampa Bay lightning, only a possibility of two games uh, left. And we, we hope that uh, Stacy's lightning can somehow be the only team in NHL history to be down two games in the seven game uh, Stanley cup championship finals and come back and win it. So that's, uh, that's our shout out to, to all that of our uh, local people, we ask uh, that uh, we continue uh, to get ready uh, for our league by, by tuning in to the podcast and learning some more things about the league. I think we've kept, if we've got to Sammy Watkins fetch, we've probably kept people on the phone and we've probably kept people on the airways a little bit too long. But you know what? I still want to talk about Marquise Brown. I, um, I, 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 there's nothing that is a harder sell for me than uh, the situation in Arizona. I never have been a big fan of what's going on out there. They don't win. They don't win, especially at the end of the year. You know, when you're really counting on players to step up, it seems like the Arizona Cardinals are always moving the opposite direction. The fantasy performances are not what you like. Um, am I missing it, Fetch? Say, uh, Marquise Brown, wh- what does he do for the quarterback? What does he do for the passing game there in Arizona? I, he fills more the Christian Kirk void right. than he does the, the Hopkins void. Uh-huh. Um, I, this trade, to me, is more impactful on the Baltimore side, giving young guys like Rashard Bateman more opportunities. And if possible, mm-hmm. it might give a couple extra targets to Mark Andrews. Is that possible for Mark Andrews to get another <laughs> I don't, target? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I And I'm uh, 
Well, let's focus on Baltimore because I think uh, I think Marquise Brown left a situation that, as fantasy players, we were finally comfortable with and had an, a sense of expectations. And he goes into a little bit of a mystery. In Baltimore, I'm not too excited with much that I see happening. You can't straighten out the running back situation. Your quarterback is uh, handling his own contract. Never a good idea. Uh, he's uh, he's either partially there or not there. Uh, he's, there are the two young wide receivers, uh, Prochet and Duvernay, uh, that no one is drafting that will be the number two and three receivers for this team. And I think that's a commentary as to what to expect from this passing attack because it's all going to go through Andrews. And uh, I, I'm just not particularly sure that Bateman can take this uh, without building that kind of chemistry that you need to build. We all, we all talked about how hard the Rams worked to get the chemistry on both sides of the ball to make a run at the Super Bowl. To get the chemistry that the Baltimore Ravens need, uh, I, I'm just not seeing I'm just not seeing it. So I, I question uh, Marquise Brown leaving. I question Bateman being able to move in. I did, you know, the, look, those, those two other guys look like pretty good college receivers. They're going to be the two and three receivers on this team. Draft them in the very late rounds and see what happens. That's my strategy. Andrews is a better player in the FFPC uh, than he is here, but he's still probably the number three tight end in all of football. Fantasy number three tight end or talent-wise number three tight end? Number three fantasy tight end in all of football than Mark Andrews. I Obviously, you cannot pass Travis Kelsey, but I, I put him at number two just because of the target volume, especially in the red zone. Um, I feel like Lamar's going to have a great year. I think this is – the one thing I've noticed about Baltimore with um, – Lamar in in the off seasons they try mm-hmm. to put a new wrinkle in every year whether it's a mm-hmm. different type of pass and I think they're coming out they're going to be they did not make the playoffs which is very unusual for Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. I think they come out they have a different wrinkle I think they have a great year mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying about the contract and him doing his own thing is a little odd but I also mm-hmm. think that tells you a lot about Lamar and Lamar's not all about the money Lamar's all about winning and I, I think um, I think he is all about the money his his whole concept of not having an agent is not because he's all about the winning or he feels inclined and empowered to do it himself uh, he, he came out and said fetch you know that's three percent's a lot of money I don't want to pay that you know that, God forbid he's, that's I, I, I hope that's, that's the love of mom <laughs> that's, that's, that's love of uh, he's, he's Okay, well, that's a whole nother conversation. You know, it. it uh, uh, I will give you pause for this, Fetch. Uh, Andrews put up some great numbers. He put up his biggest numbers when Lamar was not on the field last year. And I think that's just the backup quarterback going to the number one option repetitively. I don't think that says anything about um, uh, Lamar. But I, I, I don't see necessarily – how you feel good uh, about this uh, situation. And so with where these players are going, uh, I'm tempted 
to go elsewhere, with the exception of Andrews. Now, I'll tell you this, Lamar going in front of some of the quarterbacks, um, that's a curious choice, too, uh, to me. But, si, I, I, again, we're, we're both so high on Derek Carr and where you can get him. It's hard to take a, a Lamar early when you can get a Derek Carr later or Tom Brady. So mm. that's kind of a strategy. That's that game theory thing. Do you want to go up and get one of the, the, the quarterbacks high, or do you want to wait and get a quarterback that can put up just as good a numbers almost any week and well, solidify the rest of your lineup? Let's put five on it. More fantasy points come from Waller this year than come from Andrews because Waller's got a heck of a lot more help and a hell of and, and a much much different situation. Uh, You're t- you've you got Andrews. I've I got do. Waller. All okay. right, very good. Fetch on that one. Let's sign off. Uh, any parting shots you would what? like to give to your brethren in the KFFSC? Hey. Anybody want to take a shot at me? I'm signed up right now for three slow drafts. Two uh, best ball type drafts. The thirty nine fifty nine fetches in there. We're close on the fifty nine. I think there's two left. Also, uh-huh. we still have a spring league that has a slow draft that uh, we need to fill. Fetch is ready to draft. You think you can beat me? Get in there. Show me how. I love it, Fetch. We will see you much more frequently as we move into July. Thanks for cutting out some time on an unusual Saturday morning, and you did a great job. And you know what? I might have some questions about these receivers, but as per usual, it looks like the old trophy husband's got them figured out. <laughs> yeah, let's see, see you, buddy. Hey, let's see Justin. Let's see C. Dodd. Bring them all to the podcast. Let's let's debate. Let's have a fun summer so we're all ready to draft. Beautiful. That sounds like a plan. Talk to you soon. Goodbye.